Hi, everybody. I hope you're having a great day. This is The Worship Life. I'm Chrissy Hutchings, and I want to thank you for tuning in today and listen to this week's podcast, which I think I'm going to kind of be all over the place because I've got some things on my heart that um, are just kind of brewing there. And uh, so I hope that you will uh, extend me some extra grace as we get through this. Um, One of the things that have been going on really in my heart lately as somebody who speaks, as somebody who imparts words to other people is the weight that my words carry. And really, do they carry any weight at all? Um, Why is this podcast in existence? Why does the worship life exist? Why do I blog every day? And really just taking that before God and saying, okay, God, What do you want to see with this? My purpose in doing what I do is to exalt the name of Jesus and and um, really extend the word of God into the earth and really examining myself to see, am I doing that well? Am I doing that according to the way God would have me to do it? And it got me to thinking about all the different there's we're it and this is I love this term ad nauseum because there is so much information out there uh in the world wide web websites and blog posts and YouTube channels and all different kinds of things and we Christians are doing the same thing. We're taking advantage of it, which we should, to get the word out. But what are we really saying? Are we really saying anything? And I thought about Jesus this morning in all that he did when he was on the earth. He was the voice of God. He was all uh, apostle, prophet, teacher, priest, everything. He was totally encompassed. The Bible says he was the fullness of God uh, in bodily form here on the earth. And when I study him and look at him and see how did he use his voice in the earth. What did his voice sound like? And I don't mean uh, volume or inflections. I mean, in the essence of everything he spoke. Hello, he was the manifest word of God in the flesh. If I think about that, there's no way I can comprehend that. The fact that the term word was used to describe Jesus is phenomenal to me. Um, And as I study the gospels and study about him and I'm to walk as he walked, what does that mean for my voice? What does that mean for the essence of myself in this earth? If I am a disciple of Christ, if I am walking with him, What does that say about my words? What does that say about my purpose in this earth if my purpose is to reflect him and to walk as he walked? And I want us to just take a little journey today into the scripture. And really, I have this kind of revolutionary um, spirit about me and Sometimes it really wants to pop out and just go for it. And I have to be really careful. I'm just being real with y'all. You know, there are things that 
get under my crawl, so to speak. That's how we talk here in the South that just agitate me as a as a Christian. And I don't know if it's agitating me as a person, if it's agitating my spirit as in this is an agitation to God or not. I'm not going to say that it is, but I am going to speak what I feel is on my heart this morning. You know, Jesus said in the end times that many would come in his name, that many would come and say, I am Christ. And I I really want to look at that for a second. He said in Matthew 24, verse 3, Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us when will these things be when he talks about the end of the age and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age. And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. It's interesting that that's the very first thing he said. For many will come in my name saying, I am Christ and will deceive many. When I read that statement, It could mean that people literally stand up and say, hey, I'm Jesus Christ. We've seen that in the news over the years. But many will come in my name. Many will say, hey, I belong to Christ. I am Christ. What I'm saying is Christ. What I'm doing is Christ. Many will come in my name saying I am Christ and will deceive many. Now, when I think about that statement, that, that it's very chilling because there's a great divide out in the church today and again we're not I'm not talking about even denominationalism I'm just talking about what people actually believe you've got a lot of christians in uh in a place of politics you know you got your right wing christian Christians, you got your left wing Christians, you've got, you know, your staunch believers, and then you have your liberal believers, you have believers in the body of Christ arguing about um, refugees and all these different things. And I'm not going to get political on you because you know why? Jesus didn't get political. Back when Jesus was here, the Roman Empire was, was in full force in Jerusalem. And there were there were rebels. Um, You know, the the actual Uh, people that were there, they were rebelling against the Roman Empire, and they thought that Jesus had come to deliver them from the Roman Empire. But Jesus did not even give uh, himself over to the political stream that was happening there. He came for one purpose and one purpose only, and that was God's purpose. And everything else was peripheral to that, including the Roman occupation. And To me, that says, hey, this is how I need to approach politics in my day and age, that I need to know where is God saying for me to go? What is God saying for me to say? And what is he telling me to do and to do it and to be about that business? And that that's the bottom line for me. And so I would ask you the same question. What is God requiring of you? Now, if he's requiring of you to get into politics and to get into that whole realm and have influence there, then that's what he's telling you to do. But I look at Jesus and he's saying, many will come in my name saying, I am Christ and will deceive many. 
And then you go down to verse nine and it says, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you and you will be hated by all nations for my name sake. You will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. You know, one of the things that we're doing right now, and oh my gosh, I'm going to go there, is we're trying to make Jesus palatable to the nations. We, especially in music, and yes, I'm going to go there because I have a lot of strong opinions about that. That in music, we are trying to make Jesus palatable when he himself said, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Let me let let you know something. That word then is there for a reason. And he says, and then many will be offended. Many will be offended. Why? Because many in the nations will hate you and will betray one another and will hate one another. And when that all happens, then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Did you know that as people start to hate and as people start to be offended and as people start to betray one another and hate one another, then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Can I say this? That where there is hatred and where there is offense, then false prophets can come in and deceive many. And if that's not the climate of our country right now, I don't know what is. So what does that tell me? That tells me that I better have myself in the word of God. I better have myself in on the chest, listening to the heartbeat of God, because as betrayal and hatred and offense grows and people's hearts grow cold because of lawlessness, uh, verse 12 says, then many false prophets will rise up and be able to see, to deceive many. And the reason I say that regarding the songs is it's very interesting years ago when I did a study on, uh, the children of Israel, the tabernacle, and and their journey through uh, the wilderness, I ran across a song in Deuteronomy 31. And that was, it was at the time that uh, Moses was, uh, you know, his years were ending, and God predicted Israel's rebellion. And he said, you know, he's telling Moses, you'll rest with your fathers in uh, Deuteronomy 31, verse 16. Behold, you'll rest with your fathers and my people will play the harlot. And he begins to declare what his people are going to be. And in verse 19, he says, now, therefore, write down this song for yourselves and teach it to the children of Israel. Put it in their mouths that this song may be a witness for me against the children of Israel. In other words, that song was going to be a witness to the children of Israel for God against them that when they started to play the harlot, they would remember the words of that song and they would and it would be a witness against them. There would be no way that they could say, "We didn't know this and we didn't know that and we God didn't say to us and blah 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 all the excuses that we come up with, but this was a way that God was going to say, "Hey, this is a witness." for me against you, that you cannot say this. Where are those songs? 
Where are the true songs of the true prophets that are going to begin to be declared over our nation? Not palatable songs that make Jesus is just all right with me. Yeah, they're they're not. And I'm not putting down that song at all. What I'm saying is that we're we're making Jesus palatable by the songs that we sing. I want to know where are the songs of the true prophets in the land? I bring up that scripture in Deuteronomy 31 because Jesus said that in the end days that the word of God in verse 14, Matthew 24, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. There it is again. The gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness. Just like the song in Deuteronomy 31, that this song was given as a witness so that nobody could ever say, hey, you didn't tell us God. You know, and and I hear a lot of people saying in the end times, what about these villages that are in obscurity that nobody knows? What if What if they didn't hear the gospel preached? Well, That's not going to happen because Jesus spoke it right here. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. This is the grace of God and the mercy of God just, just exploding on this page. He's saying, I'm going to get this gospel to be preached in all the world and to every nation as a witness, so that when the end comes, nobody will be able to say, hey, you didn't tell me God. He's so gracious. He is wanting to make sure that every tribe and every tongue and every nation hears the gospel of the kingdom. And guess what? I know people personally who are going up into the hills and into the mountainous regions and into the forests and into the woods to declare this gospel to all the nations. And so our God is amazing. He's very gracious. But I think what I wanted to say is, you know, no one can ever say of God that they weren't warned. Nobody can ever say, hey, I didn't know this. But let me tell you why that's so pertinent for us in the church. Are we preaching the gospel as a witness? Are we preaching the gospel of the kingdom in all the world? Are you preaching the word of God? Are you preaching what God has said? And the reason I ask is, you know, the Jews were constantly against Christ. They were always trying to find something against him that they could use uh, to disprove him. And here's the amazing thing. They could never have disproved him because he was the truth. He was the true witness of what God had come and told him to do. In in uh, John 5, 31, he says, If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another who bears witness of me. And I know that the witness which he witnesses of me is true. You have sent to John and he was born witness and he has borne witness to the truth. Yet I did not receive testimony from man, but I say these things that you may be saved. 
He's saying to them that, hey, John came and he bore witness to me. And in verse 35, he says, he was the burning and shining lamp and you were willing for a time to rejoice in his light. But I have a greater witness than John's for the works which the father has given me to finish the very works that I do bear witness of me that the father has sent me and the father himself who sent me has testified of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form, but you do not have his word abiding in you because whom he sent, you do not believe. Now, I'm going to go here for just a second because, you know, there are many people out there preaching many things. And there are a lot of deceptions that we as Christians are listening to that I myself have listened to and went, hmm, everyone says, oh, there. Every God, people that talk about God, it's all the same God. We're all worshiping the same God. Jesus said, you do not have his word, the father's word abiding in you because whom he sent, Jesus, him, you do not believe. Jesus said, you don't have the word of the real God abiding in you because him who he sent, Jesus, you do not believe. People might believe, oh, he's a he was a great prophet, he was a great teacher, but the Bible declares him to be the word, the living word of God. And in John 1 1, we're all very familiar with that scripture. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And in verse 14 of first John or of John chapter 1, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus Christ is the living word of God. And that word dwelt with God and that word was God. God has given life to man and that life comes only through Jesus Christ. And he goes on to say, you know, I bear witness. I don't bear witness of myself. My father does and the works that I do bear witness of me. Do the works that you do bear witness of Jesus Christ. Now, here's here's the other thing, too, that I want to say, um, and I hope we're, we're able to kind of follow along this. I hope it's all making sense. I really am just speaking from my heart today. That in John chapter 16, verse 2, Jesus is warning his disciples about the uh, the days to come about, uh, and and in verse two, it says, they will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that they offer, that he offers God service. You know, we're up here as Christians looking at the world and condemning the world about, oh, you know, they hate us, even though Jesus said they do hate us. But did you hear this scripture? It says, a time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God service. How can an unbeliever, somebody who doesn't believe in God, an atheist, think that if he kills you, he offers service to God because he doesn't believe there is a God? So this tells me that the people that are going to try and kill you, the people that are going to try and kill those that are walking uh, as true disciples of Christ are people that are in God's service. Hmm. That's really interesting to me. Now, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. All I'm saying is that, look, people, 
we are in the body of Christ, it's time for us to awaken. It's time for us to wake up. It's time for us to open this word of God for ourselves and and see Jesus Christ and see the Father and see the um the acts of the Holy Spirit. That's what the book of Acts is, the acts of the Holy Spirit. And I want to say this because there are a lot of things out there online. There are a lot of people that are slamming works of the Holy Spirit. And and I'm not here to judge any of that because you know what? I don't want to be found blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. That's God's job is to look at that And I know the Bible does say that we are to judge certain things, and I'm not saying not to do that. What I'm saying is we need to be very careful when we start calling things the devil that really are the Holy Spirit. And Jesus warned about that when when the Pharisees yelled at him and said, hey, you are Beelzebub, you do these things by the acts of Satan. And he said, hey, You don't know what you're talking about. And hey, everything, if you speak against me, that's okay. It'll be forgiven you. But if you speak against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven you. So I want to bring that warning to people out there. And I don't do that to um, manipulate or to uh, bring any kind of um, intimidation on anybody. But I'm just saying, hey, we got to get in this word. We got to get in this word for ourselves. We got to hear what is God saying? What is God telling you to say? And I know going forward, you know, this world is going to get very, very dark. And I have some personal things that I believe about the United States that God has not released me to say yet, which I, I, I'm not going to do that anyway. They're personal, just my own personal beliefs. They're not thus saith the Lord. I don't know if they'll become that later on, but right now they're just personal beliefs. And if, if Jesus said this world's going to get darker, guess what? It's going to get darker. And if we don't have the light, the Bible says the entrance of your word brings light. If we are not walking in the light as he is in the light, if we are not walking in the light of the word of God, guess what? We're going to be deceived. And Jesus even said many are going to deceive if it were possible, even the very elect. And that tells me, woo, things are going to get very thin out there. There's going to be a thin, very thin line between deception and the truth. And we need to be in the truth so that we are not deceived by a false truth. You know, a lot of people believe that, you know, even the Bible says that Satan appears as an angel of light, as a preacher of righteousness. A lot of these things that we're hearing coming through the airwaves can seem like light, can seem like righteousness, but in the end, as they're tested by the word of God, uh, they are found to be total darkness. So we need to be in this word. We need to be seeking after God, hearing God, and we need to really protect ourselves according to Matthew 24 from offenses, from hatred, And there are things out there that when we see them, any kind of unrighteousness, you know, the Bible says, Jesus said, zeal for your house has just, you know, consumed me when he came into the temple and he found the money changers there knowing what the temple of God was for. He was angry and he said, no, we cannot 
have this. We cannot have this happening. You are misusing the house of God and you're misusing and abusing his people and taking advantage of them. You know, there's some very strong things that Jesus had to say about that. And we need to have that as well. If the Holy Spirit lives in us, then we do have that. We have to wake up. We have to know that the time is short. And where are you in this moment? Where are you? Are you saying the things that God is telling you to say? Are you keeping quiet when God says to keep quiet? Are you putting out something that is fully God right now? You know, maybe God has you in a place of obscurity right now. Maybe like John the Baptist, he has you on the backside of the desert, speaking things to your heart, drawing you to his own heart. And you may say, when God, when, but you don't need to be concerned about that. What we need to be concerned about if we're in a place like that is hearing the heart of God, seeking the heart of God, staying focused, staying in enduring through that time, because I believe that the true prophets of God, I believe that the true word of God is going to begin to rise up in this earth, is going to begin to rise up, and people are going to want to kill it. People are going to hate the true word of God in the earth. People are going to hate you and want to kill you, and it might even be people that you think are Christians. It might even be people that think that they are offering a service to God. Things, again, are going to become very rough in the days ahead. And if we don't have our word hidden in our heart. And look, I'm speaking to myself too. Look, God has convicted me of this first. And we have to love God with all our heart, with all our mind, all our soul, all our strength, and love one another like he loved us. Amen. Well, I think that's all for now, for this week. Um, I hope that you took this to heart. I hope that it was an encouragement to you. When I think about the fluff and stuff, it, it, it really, really, I have to say, it, it really agitates me. I don't know if it's my personality. I don't know if it's a gift that God's put in me. But, you know, I give, give me a straight shot. You know what I'm saying? I want a straight shot of the truth. I don't want fluff and stuff. I don't want to walk around the mulberry bush half a dozen times to say something. Yes, I believe in empathy. Yes, I believe in being gentle and careful with people because we are people that are handling people and God takes that very, very seriously. So I'm not saying we can't do that, but I'm saying like Jesus, if Jesus said, hey, I can't do anything of my own self, what I hear God say, that's what I say. What I see the Father do, that's what I do. And that's what I believe we need to be about. Not trying to do what everybody else is doing, not trying to get on the next trend or the next hashtag and do what everybody is doing, but to really get in to our secret place with God and say, God, what are you, what are you saying for me? What do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? 
in this moment? How, what kind of wife do you want me to be? What kind of mom do you want me to be? What kind of businessman do you want me to be? What kind of service person do you want me to be? What kind of friend do you want me to be? Because guess what? In the end, there's only one thing that has the power to do anything, and that is the truth. And the truth is Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, I'm going to let you go because, look, I could talk about this stuff all day long. I want to really thank you so much for signing up for the Beautiful You devotional. Uh, if you haven't done that, go to the webpage at ChrissyHutchings.com, that first page. Scroll down just a little bit. It'll tell you all about it. Sign up there to receive those um, devotionals. We're on week three. If you sign up, you'll automatically get week one, and we'll go ahead and ma- make sure you get those other um, weeks as well. Um, it's really amazing as the more I get into it, uh, just the more things that I see God wanting to do in that. So I really encourage you to do that. Also, you may have found this podcast today on um, iTunes, on Google Play Music, or on Buzz Sprout. However you found it, thanks so much. Make sure you share with your friends, grab the links and share it with people, share it on Facebook. I, you can share anything that I write, say, sing, whatever. You can share it with anybody. And hopefully in the next few episodes of the podcast, we'll be putting out uh, some music also. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, again, go out and make it a great day. Thank you so much um, for subscribing. Again, the podcast is The Worship Life. You can find that again on iTunes, on Google Play Music, and on Buzzsprout. And uh, you can also find me at ChrissyHutchings.com or Google search of The Worship Life and you'll come right up to the website there. Thank you so much. Hope you're having a great day. Go out and have a great weekend. And remember that um, there are deception out there and we've got to stay in the truth, which is Jesus Christ. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next time on The Worship Life.